The Spatial Jam, an Esri UK podcast. GIS is taking the world by stealth. Answer the question to the perfect where. I'm getting suspicious about the relationship between GIS and your stomachs. Hi everyone and welcome to the Spatial Jam podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today for our very first episode. Hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. My name is Sam Bark and I am a cartographer at Esri UK and today I'm joined by my three other co-hosts. Hi, I'm Beth Adams, Content Product Manager. Hi, I'm Eleni Rogers. I'm the Industry Lead for Utilities and Telecoms. Hello, I'm Alastair Hines, Product Comms Technical Lead. We're really excited that you're joining the four of us in this new conversation about GIS and all things spatial. We'll be sharing some of our top tips and favourite examples of GIS in action. We'll also be inviting guests in to take us deeper into the technology and to share their GIS stories. So you're welcome to just listen, but we also hope you'll join in and pass this on to colleagues. You can also get in touch with us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear about in future episodes. So look out for the email at the end of this recording. To kick off this first episode, we wanted to take a deeper dive into GIS and discover how each of our journeys have influenced us over the years. One of the amazing things about GIS is how much it's evolved since it was born, which, you know, we're now seeing some fascinating uses of it today. So my first question is, has GIS come of age? Very good question, Sam. Very uh, pertinent. I think that you could make a pretty good case for it having come of age. And I think for me, one of the things that I've noticed as a trend in the last few years is the return of maps to the news. They kind of disappeared for a while. We, we became less geographically concerned in the way news was presented, but that's definitely come back. Can't talk about the news at the moment without it, it kind of turning back to the coronavirus pandemic. And that's become very spatially driven. You know, it's unfolded as a global pandemic. We watched it um, progressing kind of country by country, but also the way uh, it's been followed within the UK and the way it's been managed, that's been done on a region by region basis. And if you want to try and understand what's going on nationally, you've got to start looking at that spatial pattern. It's an unfortunate mechanism for driving GIS into the the public conscious, but I think it's it's definitely kind of part of part of why you could make that case for GIS coming of age. Yeah, we've seen some really interesting uh, infographics and maps for, you know, displaying COVID information. And I think it's one of the key ways of, you know, presenting on a spatial level and people understand it a lot more, you know, you know based on their region where they live. Um, and I think it's been yeah really important to see those kind of maps. And there's been a huge change, I think, not just in the way that people use maps and see spatial information in, in light of the pandemic, but the way in which the pandemic has actually impacted the way that we behave as well in on a global scale um and and going back to your question sam you know has gis come of age i think it's such an interesting question and how i would put it is has gis come to a point now where it's almost impossible to operate without it and one of the things that i really enjoyed learning about the impacts of the pandemic was how much people were ordering food online, of course, to, you know, protect themselves, having that convenience of food and beverages being delivered to your home in 
often minutes if you were getting it from from a food delivery service. Um, and what's fascinating about that is they are using GIS hour by hour to understand what is the best way of routing uh, their drivers to get food to people quickly, especially when demand has gone up um, rapidly. And actually, Beth, you sent me a really great article the other day by Esri, which was talking about this and talking about how um, they reckon that the internet retail category for food and beverages will be the fastest growing e-commerce category by far in the next four, four to five years, which is just incredible. That's really interesting. I also did research into the same thing, but more just from a receiving food uh, point of view, just for <laughs> research purposes, obviously, <laughs> as I'm sure we all did. But I think really GIS is taking the world by stealth. Like if you asked friends, family, do you do GIS? They'll be like, uh, what? What is that? But they're using apps on their phones. They're looking at maps on the news, as we were talking about earlier. Everyone's using it. They just don't realize they are. And it's really coming of age in that respect in that it's it's there but people just don't know about it as a concept of GIS. So it's probably the best way for it to really get through the population is people just don't know they're using it, but they are inherently doing so just in everyday life. I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it, Beth. And I think thinking about what I was saying about maps in the news, maybe part of the reason why maps have become a good vehicle for the news again is because as a as an as a nation we are all becoming a, a bit more map literate and a bit more comfortable with maps because they they have crept into uh into our um takeaway uh, habits and uh, uh yeah, how we find our way to places using sat navs and and all those stealth things that you were talking about and and i guess that kind of leads into my uh next thought or next question to everyone um and that was you know i was thinking about how how often we have to explain what gis is to someone you know within the industry everyone kind of knows what gis is and have their own relationship with it but obviously obviously explaining to someone outside of a, a gis role it, it can be quite difficult and that was something that i was going to ask everyone today is is you know what how do you explain GIS to someone? And I know, you know from personal experience, <laughs> trying to explain GIS to my mum and dad has always been a bit of an uphill challenge. Um, but I've, I found a quite nice simplified version that it's kind of layers of information on a map that just help you make a decision. And typically I kind of follow that up with a bit of an example of, imagine you're a supermarket trying to decide where to build your next supermarket and you've got you know five different pieces of information to, to pull together. And you know if you have it on a, a, you know, a CSV document or something, you're not going to be able to understand the spatial impact of that location. So hopefully, yeah, when I put it in those terms, um, they kind of understand it uh, from a better perspective. But I was interested to know from, you know, from everyone what what their definition of GIS was. Sam, I think you've stolen my exact example of how I would explain GIS <laughs> to someone. It's one of those ones that's so universal and people kind of get it it's something that everyone can can understand and often I'll start when I meet someone new or I'm talking to friends and family and they say what what is it that you actually do again I can't quite remember um and I often use the first sentence which kind of pricks their ears but they still get a bit confused um that is GIS is the tool that allows you to answer the question to the perfect where and 
often that kind of gets them interested, but then I follow up with exactly that, the supermarket example or a retail example where I'm a new person opening up a new retail store to sell products. I want to understand how many people are going to walk past my store, where are the transport links that will enable people to get to my store and allow my customers to become repeat customers, where are the demographics for my target market. All of these sorts of things which GIS can ingest all together, overlay it uh, in a geographic context and help you to pinpoint that perfect where. I'm getting suspicious about the relationship between GIS and your stomachs, both you and, uh, both you and uh, Sam. Very important. Examples are all very uh, food orientated here. <laughs> um, I guess it depends who I'm talking to a bit. I, I often start just by talking about it as digital mapping because, um, again, I think that's it's one of the, the kind of things that people see. But sometimes I then... For me, I think part of what defines GIS and takes it beyond simple digital mapping is that it's about um, collecting, managing, and using spatial data, so data that has a geography. Um, so I usually try and find some way of talking about that. Um, I guess as an example, the one that I tend to use is is sat-navs or, or a location-based uh, app on the phone. You know, people, people habitually use sat-navs to find their way around um, when they're in their cars um, yeah they maybe use a, an app on their phone to know where they are or where they are in relation to something and and that's all GIS in action you know that's something that they're using GIS in an everyday setting. I often get accused by my family of just colouring in maps all day um, which I guess part of GIS is colouring in maps but with a reason you're trying to provide something with wisdom at the end of it. So you're bringing in data, information, doing something with it to then provide an answer um, or provide someone with the ability to create their own answer, to come up with the solution that they need. But I think it is, it's really difficult because people use apps and use GIS all the time, as we were saying earlier, and they don't really realize it. So they don't necessarily see it as a concept they're just like oh that's that's just that app that's just a sat nav um so it, it can be difficult um but i think people are slowly starting to understand um when my grandparents get it that'll be the point where we know i've actually managed <laughs> to work out an actual <laughs> explanation so for is that them when gis to... has truly come of age is it Beth? yes that will be it <laughs> i think that's the crux of why it's so difficult to explain what GIS is because it's so all encompassing. Like you say, you know, we had so many different examples of there. Both me and Sam went for food. Um, but Alistair, you know, it's mobile phones, it's sat nav, it's GIS by stealth. It's so far ranging in its capabilities. It is really hard to explain it, I think. And I really like that analogy, Beth, that you use GIS by stealth. And hopefully one day we'll all be secret GIS nerds without re really realizing it. <laughs> The other thing that I, I liked was the way a couple of you talked about, um, I suppose, mapping information to then enable decision making. And that actually part of the end goal of of GIS is to make better decisions, to make more informed decisions. Although uh, I'm also suspicious that for Sam, it is just colouring and maps, isn't it, just, as yeah. cartographer? Yeah, I can't really argue against that one. I guess that's part of my role. And, and that, you know, Beth, I think you mentioned, um, you know, about 
choosing the colors and stuff like that. And I think that's when I come to talking about uh, more of a cartography description than a GIS, it's one of the examples is the London Underground Tube Map. And I know obviously that's spatial information, but I think it's a really good way of explaining to someone the importance of a map, because how often do you use the Tube Map? Not just the London one, you know, metro systems around the world, but and if, if the design of that map is uh, poor and you can't navigate your way around it and the colors are too conflicting, you know, there's so many elements to the design and the sort of um, the data that goes behind it that you kind of subcom subconsciously absorb and you don't even realize. And I think, you know, when I tell people, you know, the tube map is GIS of, of sorts. Um, but I guess as technology has evolved as well, we've we've had it, you know, more accessible. As you say, Alistair, it's more in the news more frequently. Um, it's on our, you know, smartphones, um, which kind of, you know, is an interesting point in itself. And I'd be interested to know if, you know, what are the key technologies that you've uh, observed that have got us where we were to where we are now in, in GIS? Web GIS, I think, has just absolutely changed the game for, for so many uh, users of GIS in the industry nowadays. It's no longer a... a application that you install on your desktop and you do in isolation and you know you figure out an answer to a problem using geographical information it's now sharing that data publicly through news stories so that more people can access it um, and comment on it as well because i think no map is perfect you as you say sam you you use colors to imply or convey information but they can also be used in the wrong way as well and I think the the most amazing observation for me is that crowdsourcing of information uh, with GIS that's only been possible through the web and through the birth of the internet really. I think you're right Eleni I think I think the move to um, web GIS is has been very transformative uh, and I think it's yeah, it's it's really opened things up. The data becomes accessible. People can interact and comment on it. And I think the other thing that's that sits alongside that in terms of that um, opening up of of GIS and data and and kind of delivering it across a broader community uh, has been the move to mobile phones. Yeah, you know, now we all carry a, a computer around, a sophisticated computer around in our pockets, and not only that, but that computer is hooked in, has its own GPS built in. It's hooked into um, knowing where on the planet it is. So suddenly, that changes the way that we can work with spatial data uh, and maps. And so then, there's nothing unusual about people going out for a run or a bike ride and tracking that run in real time. And then looking at it against a map, all on a, a computer, you know, on a small computer that's gone with them, that stuff is is easy now. You know, it's simple. It's become the everyday. But you don't have to go back that far. And I know I'm the, I know that uh, my uh, kind of living memory goes back a little bit further than you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I I literally grew up during the birth of um, personal computing. So for me, it still blows my mind that where we've got to in in that time um you know what what used to be really difficult tomorrow's world style technology has just become everyday i think that's a really important point about taking the the introduction of mobile phones and of web gis has taken gis from the realms of just those gis analysts and put it into the hands of everyday people um so you know the before gis analysts would make a map 
they'd print it out, they'd give it to some people to have a look at, but now they can create a web app, they can put it out onto someone's mobile phone and they can then look at it, um, share that information, gain wisdom from it and just putting it out into the world like we were talking about, it's it's stealth GIS, I tell you. <laughs> it's creeping up day. on us. <laughs> I think the other thing, sort of thinking about our own technology and the journey that ArcGIS has been on, you know, all of those things have been transformative. And I think the other thing that's that's kind of played into some of that, and particularly, you know, it, it's one of the ways in which WebGIS is now delivered through ArcGIS is is the cloud computing and using hosted systems so as as an organization now if you sign up to ArcGIS online you get access to all the the opportunity of web gis and mobile gis uh, without having to take care of any infrastructure it, you don't have to have servers and set up your own firewalls and and all the kind of stuff that used to be involved just to do you know, begin to do some of the things that we've talked about in terms of web GIS and mobile. And it's interesting to hear how, you know, we've all observed technology um, progressing to, to see where we are in GIS now. But actually, you know, for our listeners today, it, I thought it'd be quite interesting for them to hear how we've sort of the journey that we've been on to to where we are today, how we've sort of ended up in the roles that we're at at Esri UK. Um, and I just thought it'd be quite a nice way to share a little bit of backstory for, for our GIS uh Yes, history. So, Eleni, I didn't know if you wanted to touch on, you know, how you've got to where you are today. GIS, for me at least, arrived by stealth, funnily enough. <laughs> Beth says it, it, it is true. It, it's definitely a theme for this episode, It is isn't a it? theme. <laughs> um, no, I started at university doing a geography degree. I've always been someone that's been quite passionate about you know climate change and solving those environmental issues as i'm sure many people are today hearing about it in the news um but i had absolutely no idea what gis was when i went to university it was only by chance it was one of the modules that we did um and i fell in love with it not to mention it was something that was almost an art form it was creative making these maps and choosing the colors for them and being able to convey data but it was also the fact that it was a computer program it was fun to do i've always loved computers and you know gaming and things like that and working out how to solve a problem using a tool like that it was fascinating for me um and so that kind of started my journey and eventually i ended up at Ezra uk uh, in a job that I love doing uh, exactly that, solving problems, but for the utility and telecom industry. So it's been it's been a journey, but it definitely arrived by stealth. <laughs> Eleni, I think uh, our journeys are quite similar, really. I came across GIS at university as well, um, having done quite a lot of remote sensing at university, stumbled across this thing called GIS, which to me seemed a world easier than remote sensing because suddenly there was a whole community online that had all these resources that were there to help you um, which I just hadn't found before and again like you fell in love with it it's you get this great output you know it looks great it tells a story it really conveys that message that you're trying to put across rather than you having to just write an essay in 10,000 words and then from there joined Esri UK worked in the content team for the entire time I've been in Esri, just 
talk way too much about maps and data and everything like that um, and have got to where I am now managing products and trying to make our users' lives as easy as possible with the products that, that I look after. So yeah, but it's a bit of a journey, but it's it's been a good one. Been around for a few years now, so that's starting to become part of the furniture, Ezra UK, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess my story, in terms of a professional um, kind of shift into GIS, it was completely by accident. I'd actually did software engineering for a while, um, which was, that was also a slightly accidental career. But having shifted into doing software engineering, I ended up getting a job with a company uh, that did mobile GIS in Edinburgh, a small company. And for me, my previous job had been writing software for extracting information for bank mortgage letters. And then suddenly I was writing software for mapping and it was so much more exciting and so <laughs> much more interesting to me than uh, than the previous application. And then one of the projects I worked on was with the Ordnance Survey. And so for me, that, that was a bit of a buzz. I gradually got more interested by the GIS side of it than the software development side. So within Ezra UK, I've kind of shifted focus. Um, and the long, as I've kind of been around GIS for longer, I think one of the things that I find so exciting about it is that it is used across so many different industries in so many different ways. And not only that, but because the technology keeps changing, that in itself is interesting. So, so what we can, what's there, and what we can do with GIS changes. But that then also means that those stories change. You know, what what people then take that capability and do with it keeps on changing so you know there's always something new to learn whether it's about the way the technology works and what it does or whether it's about how people are taking that and applying it in the real world and using it to to change their work processes and change the way they do things um so that's that's how i ended up in gis hopefully you know a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to different parts of our stories um but it's really interesting to hear well we've run out of time on this episode of the spatial jam we wanted to kick the series off by introducing ourselves and also sharing a bit about what interests and motivates us about GIS. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and in the next episodes we're going to be digging in a bit deeper to some of the technology themes that we've mentioned today and looking at particular technologies within GIS as well. We've got some really exciting episodes coming up, so please do look out for our fortnightly jams and join us on our journey. Uh, we'd love to also hear what you think um, or what you'd like to hear about, so please do drop us an email at podcast at esriuk.com. Uh, and obviously, please don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your chosen podcast channel. It really does make a difference. So thanks so much for listening today, and we hope you join us again. The views of the presenters may differ from those of Esri UK. Do we get fortnightly scones with our fortnightly jam? <laughs> I do. It's the only reason I'm here. <laughs>